Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Hey, Financial Coach. Welcome to Episode 13 of the Financial Coach Academy podcast. Today, we're going to talk about reflecting on your year to create new vision, goals, and plan. And I'm going to break down for you my process for vision planning for my business. When I first started my financial coaching business, I had a naive perspective, to be honest, of what this journey would look and feel like. I imagined a nice, steady, easy growth from one year to the next. I imagined I'd make a decision about how I want to do things, maybe an offer I wanted to create or an idea I wanted to launch, and they would all be a success and I would keep the same business model forever and ever. Little did I know just how messy this journey can be. As I grew from one year to the next, what I wanted from my business changed. The role that my business played in my life changed throughout that time as well. When I first started, my goal, my dream, the thing that I wanted more than anything that I thought would make me so happy and so fulfilled was making $2,000 per month as a financial coach. I thought that would be amazing. And listen, if that is your goal or something close to it, that is great. It is an amazing goal to have as well. Back in the day, another thing that I used to say was that I would never hire or train another financial coach. And now I have a team of financial coaches And I mentor so many of you. And I mean, I even have this podcast just for financial coaches, which blows my mind. It is all so crazy, even to me. Those changes didn't happen seamlessly or overnight. It's really hard to go from saying one thing for so long or wanting one thing for so long, only to realize sometime later that you've changed, you've grown, and you see things differently. You want different things for your life, and that impacts the business, or you simply want something different for the business specifically. I knew that I needed a process for checking in with myself, for not letting too much time go by before I paid attention to some of the nagging feelings that were there for a reason and were pointing me down one path or another. But because I was new to business, I was new to entrepreneurship, I was new to coaching, there was so much that I was trying to pay attention to. And I knew that I needed a way to really think about what I wanted for the next phase of my business, whatever that next phase was going to be. It didn't matter if I wanted to be a solopreneur forever or if I was considering hiring my first employee or my very first coach, or if I was looking to add a whole team of financial coaches to the brand, something I swore I would never, ever do, or my first time launching a group program or diving into corporate wellness presentations and every phase in between, I knew I needed a process for really navigating those decisions. It's really similar to coaching your clients on money, or at least the way I coach 
my clients on money. I want my clients to be intentional. Just because we've always spent a certain amount on something doesn't mean we have to always spend that amount on that thing, right? We can change it. We can make adjustments, but the point is that we don't want to just wing it or change with the wind. We want to be intentional with what we're creating for our lives, and then we want to put our money behind those things, and the same is true for business. We want to be intentional with the kind of business that we want so that we can put our time, our energy, and all of our other resources, including money, behind creating it. No matter what stage of business success you're in, if you've ever wondered what you should work on and this feeling lasts for quite a while, chances are this exercise of vision planning will help you significantly. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you my annual process for reflecting on my business so that I'm able to determine where I'm going and which changes I want to be making for the coming year. I do this process every October. I carve out a couple of days during the week and create space to just think about how things are going and determine where I'm headed. Now, before I explain this process to you, I want to address something. As a naturally analytical person, and maybe you can relate to that, I am pretty good at paying attention to the numbers in my business. I have specific revenue targets, profit goals for each quarter. We measure and track various marketing, sales, and even client results metrics. That part is easy for me, and it comes more naturally than what the process that I'm about to explain to you today. In a future episode, I will absolutely cover like what I measure and track and why and how you can determine that for yourself. But the process I'm going to share with you today is less rigid and more fluid. What I am trying to do with this process is check in with how I feel about my business, the people we're serving, what it's adding to my life, and also what it's costing me and how do I feel about all of those things. I can truly say that every year I have fallen more and more in love with my business. I have fallen more and more in love with coaching. And I fully believe it's because of practices like this one that I've incorporated consistently into my calendar to make sure that I'm always reengaging with what it is that I'm building and what I'm creating. So here we go. Let's dive in. First, I start by simply reflecting on the year. What's happened? Keep in mind, this is typically October when I do this process. So January or the previous January can feel like a lifetime ago. And it's really easy to forget everything that you were working on or the things that you've accomplished way back when. We keep a project calendar on my team so I can go back and look back month by month throughout the year and just reflect and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when we needed to have that done. And now that's a part of our business and it's a part of our workflows and we use it. And gosh, I totally forgot that there was a time when we didn't have that, right? We didn't have that process. We didn't have that figured out or that was a problem we were trying to solve. And now the solution is just our norm, right? So we use Asana for that. Uh, depending on where you're at in business, your size and your team size and that sort of thing, you may not need, some, need something as robust as Asana. When I was first starting out, I made a list every month of the things I wanted to accomplish and not so much tasks, but things that I was working on. So bigger projects or you know, areas of the business that I was trying to focus on for that particular month. I had one notebook that I always use. It's the only thing that went in this notebook were these lists. And each page was a new month. So I would... Um, 
check off what I got done from one month to the next. And I could always look back and see, like, what was I caring about 10 months ago? And it always felt really inspiring for me. So I would also, when I first started, use that notebook to meet with an accountability partner once a month. So this was another CPA that was at the same level of business that I was at the time. So we would meet once a month, we would look at our list, we would talk about them, and that was just a really good way for me to hold myself accountable. But again, it was like a list of exactly what I was trying to work on. And again, it's so cool to be able to look back and you know, look back a year and be like, oh my God, I remember when that was important to me and when that was hard and when I didn't know how to make or figure out that piece of the puzzle. But now it's just like part of how I operate, right? So it can be really inspiring to reflect back. And that's where I start. I simply reflect on the year. I try to wrap my brain around all, you know, the things that we've accomplished, how far we've come, the things we worked on earlier. And then I sort of reflect on who did I meet with? I think over my client list. I literally pull up my client list and I just read all the names and I think about the conversations we had during coaching sessions and how I felt about those conversations, um, about the relationships that are forming there, the uh, one-to-ones that I do with referral partners or different people I'm networking with. I think about my team, how do I feel about the role that my business is playing in my life overall as far as the relationships are concerned? Um, I also reflect on how my schedule felt throughout the year. Did I feel like I worked too hard? Did I work too many hours? Would I like more work-life balance or did it feel really good? Um, did my business deplete my energy or did it give me energy for all of the other areas of my life that are equally as important to me as my business and my clients? I ask myself, what felt amazing about the year? What am I most proud of when I think back about the year? I ask myself if I felt like we honored our word for the year. So this is something that we do on my team. I do this exercise, and I'll share in a second how I go and share the vision that I come up with with my team. And then we use that to determine a word for the year that really encompasses, it sort of serves as like your North Star, right? So you can have a whole bunch of individual goals, but sometimes those are so detail-oriented that it's hard to really, you know, summarize them quickly or it doesn't paint a very clear picture of like, why are you trying to set your sights on those goals? But a one word can really capture it all in just one word. And that's what we're going for. So I asked myself, did we honor our word for the year? Did I honor that? Did I show up in a way that honored that word of the year? And I'll tell you, there are some years where I'm like, I crushed it. I did great in other years. And I'll tell you, 2022 is one of those years where our word of the year was ease. And we did not honor that. We worked our tails off in 2022. Uh, We experienced a ton of growth, which is amazing. And I'm really proud of how we handled that growth and how we navigated that growth. But it was anything but ease. So um, I asked myself, what didn't feel so great? What felt hard or yucky or just blah? What didn't I love about how the year went? Then I ask myself, overall, how am I feeling about the business right now? And I sit with that for a bit. It isn't always comfortable to have some of the feelings of uneasiness or perhaps feelings like you might be off course somehow, because there are times where that's what comes up for me is like, man, like this is... The year I had was very similar to the year before, and the year before I loved it and I felt really proud of it, but now this year... 
I don't know, it just doesn't feel like me anymore, right? Or it doesn't feel like where I want to go in the future. And you can simply feel off course. And you want to sit with those feelings and really try to digest why that is and pay attention to that. And then sometimes it feels really great. And overall, I feel amazing and I feel excited. I feel like we're on the right track. And I also think it's important to sit with that. If you've got good feelings, sometimes we dismiss good feelings and we don't allow ourselves to truly feel excited about things. Gay Hendricks is the author of the book, The Big Leap. And he has this quote. He says, by extending your ability to feel positive things, excuse me, By extending your ability to feel positive feelings, you expand your tolerance for things going well in your life. By extending your ability to feel positive things, you expand your tolerance for things going well in your life. And I think that's very true. Allow yourself to feel the positivity and the impact you're having, the things that are making you proud, and it absolutely expands your tolerance for even better and better things happening and you acknowledging and feeling those things. Oftentimes, probably most often, you're going to feel a lot of ways about your business. So when you ask yourself, like, overall, how am I feeling? It's not all bad or it's not all good. It's going to be a hodgepodge. And it's important to sit with that, too. Really try to get clear on what am I really enjoying right now about what I do? What feels like it's weighing me down? What am I tolerating? What feels boring? So maybe it's not good or bad. It just feels boring, right? Then I shift my thinking to the future because all of those questions up until now are about just the year past, how things went, how I'm feeling right now. So sort of like the past and the present. And then I want to shift to thinking about the future. And I ask myself, how do I want to feel next year? What do I want to say about my life or my business or the way that I'm doing things that I cannot say right now? What are those things? Then I ask, if I had to succinctly describe this vision for the coming year to someone and get them bought into it, how would I say it? So typically speaking, when you're reflecting on the past year and you're thinking about the things that you don't enjoy anymore, or they just now seem boring to you, or they're sort of draining of your energy, or you know, maybe there's some clients that you're simply not enjoying the conversation or you feel like you're not the right coach for them for any number of reasons. And you sort of acknowledge that when you start to think about the year ahead, chances are what you are seeing is how you're letting go of some of the things that you no longer enjoy and no longer fill your cup. How can I shift those things? How can I reframe them? How can I let go of some things and shift in a different direction? This was absolutely true for me when I first started coaching. I only helped individuals and couples. And then the more um, I, you know, further along in business, I became the more I really started to feel like an entrepreneur, right? Like at first I did not feel like an entrepreneur. Um, and then after a while it became a big part of my identity. It was who I was. And, you know, I started to feel like I really, um, related to entrepreneurship. Like I understood the journey and I felt ready to start coaching business owners. And that was one of those shifts that I recognized that like I really was helping just a couple of business owners at the time. And typically it was like an individual who then launched a business. And so they started with me as an individual, but then became a business owner later. And 
just realizing when you're like, wow, the, the business owners are so fun for me, right? Like I love, I feel like I can be more creative. I feel like we have way more options and opportunities for driving revenue and income and getting creative with expenses and taxes and all that kind of stuff. And I just felt like, how can I do more of this, right? And so once I think through those types of things and I ask myself, like, how do I want to feel one year from now? And what do I want to be able to say one year from now that I can't say right now? Chances are that's like a really long list of things, right? And then I ask myself, if I had to succinctly describe this vision, so all of these notes right here on a sheet of paper, if I had to, you know, be more concise about how I am describing that to somebody and say it in such a way that really gets them bought into it, how would I say it? And now I quite literally have to do that because I have a team. So my job is to take my vision from this exercise, share it with my team so that they can get excited about it. But even if you don't have a team, I hope you will learn from me and do this exercise. Take this step much sooner where you have to like succinctly bring it down to just a couple of points, like summarize your vision in a really bold phrase or a very small paragraph, if you will. Um, I wish I would have done this sooner, actually. I did it purely out of necessity, but it really helps. It's like a pep talk to yourself, honestly. It's like, how can I take all of these details and all the weeds of this vision, all the changes I need to make, and really, you know, bring it all together, full picture with one sort of bold statement that gets me excited. It's going to be easier to get other people excited about that. Maybe it's a significant other or a partner and or your team members. And then it's also uh, easier for you to remind yourself of that vision throughout the year as well. And then, like I said, I reflect on what would need to change in order for that vision to come to fruition. So that's when I sort of make a list of like, I need to figure this part out. I need to remove this from the business. I need to change this. And it's okay to be like, I need to figure this one piece out. So you may not know how you need it to change, but on your list is to figure out how this should change, right? So really the question is like, what would need to change in the way that I'm making decisions in order to create that vision. And that is one thing to really pay attention to, that you can change all of the features and all of the structure, but also ask yourself, how do I need to change the way I make decisions or the way I'm thinking about my business for that next level of my vision to come to fruition? And then ask yourself, what's one word that encompasses the focus I want to have or the shift I see us making in the coming year? That's where our one word comes from. And then um, the other thing I just wanted to touch on really quickly is why this is so important. Even if you don't see yourself like growing a really big business, if you really do sort of want to have like a smaller operation, something that is, you know, um, maybe more part-time and you're good with it staying that way for a long time. That is totally okay. This is not an exercise only for those who, you know, are really ambitious and like want to keep driving their endeavors like I do. And here's why. The normal life events that most of us experience throughout our normal personal lives will alter the role that we want our business to play in our lives. And so even if your business you think is going to stay the same from one year to the next, chances are your personal life could be changing and that will absolutely have a direct and indirect effect on what you want from your business. So since launching my business in 2008, I've had kids, I've adopted my son, 
I retired my husband from his career in physical therapy. I've hired a team of coaches. And all of those things change the role I play in the business, the role the business plays in my life, what we're trying to gain from the business, how much I want to travel, how many hours I want to work from one week to the next, all sorts of things. The things you love about the business one year can be something that no longer brings you joy the next because of a change that happens in your personal life. And so doing an exercise like this where you're really checking in with yourself is so important. Then once I think about the bigger changes and I see sort of these um you know, the bigger transformation unfolding, and I've got my word for the year, and I've thought about, you know, how I'm going to succinctly say that vision. I then ask myself, what's my first step? Here's the thing. I don't need to know, and neither do you, the entire plan step-by-step of creating this new vision. I need to have a clear vision. I need to take the first step, and then take the next step, and then take the next step, and so on. All too often, I don't actually know the whole plan, but I can usually tell the first step. And the bigger or more complex your business becomes, then the chances are the more the harder it is to actually see the entire plan laid out in front of you for the changes you want to make. You sort of have to just start and trust that along the way you're going to pivot, which is why it's so important, though, to know what you're working towards and having that vision that sort of serves as like, here's the direction I'm heading. So it helps you to have blinders on like all these options out here don't count. It's only this vision right in front of me. And as long as I keep leaning into that, I'm going to be okay throughout the year. Once I know where I want the business to go, I communicate that to my team. From there, we use the vision to set specific goals, and then we use the goals that we have to identify the key metrics that we want to track. We do not track the same things every single year. We do change the metrics based on the goals and the vision that we have. There are some metrics because we're typically just starting and taking the first step. So usually I can say like, okay, so one quarter from now, here's where we should be in relation to this big vision that I have for a year from now. We might have metrics just for the next quarter to make sure that we're on track with achieving that milestone. And then we're going to reassess every quarter. So that's pretty typical for how we do things. And then I repeat this process every year. Uh, I wanted to create this process that is repeatable and gave me the space to really check in with how everything was playing together and how I could shift things to make it better for my personal life and my business. And I would love to have you try this process for yourself and see how it goes. You don't have to wait until October to do it. Do it right away. Oh, and feel free to modify this to suit you. If there's a question in here that you ask and you're like, it doesn't really resonate or it doesn't really land toss it and add something else. Try to coach yourself and modify other people's processes to make them work for you. That is absolutely what I've done with this process for myself over the years. So at the end of every episode, I like to give you a question to reflect on and uh, something to ponder. Maybe you can talk about this with another financial coach. Either way, I hope that you will leave me a comment. If you are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and leave me a comment. If you are listening to the podcast, take a screenshot and with uh, go to Instagram and tag Financial Coach Academy and leave a little comment on your picture in your stories with what your answer is to this. I would love to hear from you. And here is your question. I hope it helps to deepen your awareness or help you gain clarity on the topic episode or the episode topic. All right. Overall, how are you feeling about your business right now? 
What are you enjoying? And what feels heavy or just plain boring? Overall, how are you feeling about your business right now? What are you enjoying? And what feels heavy or plain boring? I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a profitable, successful financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com to learn more about our online courses, free trainings, and events. As always, I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for the FCA podcast, submit them at financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It would mean the world to me. I will see you next week when we're going to dive into your success path as a financial coach.